0: If you turn to one, um, I'm going to speak in a moment from one Timothy three. While you're going there, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, when the adverts come on TV, are you one of the people that leave the room at that point and go make a cup of tea or something, or uh, do, do you avoid do you avoid them? Now, I just want to say that actually, there's some quite good uh, there's some quite good ones there. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not um, I'm, I'm not kind of pushing an agenda here. Although I used to work for ITV and uh, used to pay my salary. <laughs> There's some quite good ones there. The Specsavers spec adverts. Come on, how many of you appreciate the Specsavers adverts? You, know you ever seen those ones? Yeah. There's the famous one with, um, well, one that I like, John, John Cleese and, um, and the branch, his car won't start. Remember that one? And he wants to thrash, give his car a good thrashing. Do you remember that one? And, uh, of course, the thing is, he goes and finds a branch and then ends up hitting a police car. And it's just, it's just you know, it can be dangerous uh, if you're short-sighted and can't see things properly, you can get into trouble. There's, there's another great one with the the, 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 vet, the, vet, the vet. Have you seen the one with the vet? He's, you know, he's, he's got this fluffy thing. Sorry? You don't watch TV? Oh, you're all... Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's been on for years. It's been <laughs> and there's a vet with this fluffy thing. Oh, quick. You know, there's no pulse. And it turns out he's got his assistant's furry hat. And the cat sitting in the corner should have gone to Specsavers. Um, now, my point being that um, it, if if you don't see things as they really, it can be dangerous to get to lose perspective and not and not understand things as they really are. And um, and as we look at leadership this morning, we we're, we're going to be looking at some. One, one, uh, one Timothy, where Timothy is write, he's writing to, 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 to Christians, to, to, to Timothy and believers in Ephesus, who have they kind of lost sight of what, what church really should be all about and what leadership's about. And it, it, I mean, that's a that's wonderful thing about coming together on a Sunday. You, you get your perspective right again. Because who knows, we, we live in a culture that wants to mess your perspective up all the time. Because when you. When you go into the week next week, the culture around you is, is trying to give you the pers- a certain perspective through, through journalists and advertisers, trying to give you a, a perspective of, uh, you know, through the eyes of, of the, uh, the powerful, the, the glamorous, or, or of course the crisis, whatever is the latest crisis. And those are the things that can, that can alter your, your perspective. We were singing earlier on about, about Jesus coming again. I mean, let me just say, that is a wonderful perspective to have, that, that you have a confidence that Jesus is coming again. I don't, you know, if, if you're tempted to, to fear about the culture you're living in, that means your perspective has got shifted. And Jesus wants you and me as, as, as followers of him to have a, 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 a clear perspective so that we don't become fearful people. So let me just say, uh, in the words of Scripture, don't neglect your assembling together, as is the habit of some. And if, if you only get to be with the people of God once in a blue moon, once a month or something, you are going to have a, 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 a warped perspective of life and the future, and that will damage you. It won't do you good. It'll make you a fearful person. How many of you know we live in a, a culture of fear? Hmm? Angie's been reading a book lately, um, it's a secular book, How Fear Works. And it's, it's in our culture, isn't it? And God doesn't want you to have that, He wants you to have a, a clear perspective. And, the, and I, I want to say, in, the, in this respect, the church of Jesus is something special. It it doesn't always look like that. Sometimes you can look at the church and and you might think, oh, it it might look a little bit um, insignificant at times. It might look quite small at times. Listen to these words from John Piper. The church of Jesus Christ is the most important institution in the world. The assembly of the redeemed, company of saints, the children of God are more significant in world history than any other group, organization or nation. Listen to it, I love this bit. The United States of America compares to the Church of Jesus Christ like a speck of dust compares to the sun. That's a, that's a different perspective, isn't it? We're our place. There we go. The drama of international relations compares to the mission of the church, like a kindergarten riddle compares to Hamlet or King Lear. All the pomp of May Day in Red in Red Square fades into formless grey against the splendour of the Bride of Christ. Take heed how you judge, because things are not as they seem. I, you know, that, that is so, so helpful, isn't it? To, to have a, a, a different perspective, to have God's perspective, to understand the way that, that He sees you, the way that Jesus sees you and me, the church. It's something very, very special. And this church in Ephesus, it had lost sight of the things that really matter, lost sight of what church really is. And so Paul is writing to Timothy to, to kind of get their perspective back on course again. And he's already talked about um, Jesus being at the centre in chapter 1 and the importance of prayer and worship in chapter 2. And now he comes, chapter 3, to the issue of leadership. So here we go. Verse 1. Here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer or an elder desires a noble task. Now the overseer or elder is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome not a lover of money, he must manage his own family well, see that his children obey him, and must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone doesn't know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? mustn't be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so he won't fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. And then on to verse 14. Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing to you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness or devotion springs from is great. He appeared in the flesh, he was vindicated, By the Spirit, he was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. Someone ought to write a song song about with those. Anyway, uh, there's a challenge for someone here, Um, folks. The Church of Jesus Christ is very special. I love to remind myself on a Sunday morning that um, we're part of something. Huge and beautiful. While you were still lying in bed, it, a Mexica, like a Mexican wave began out in the Far East as millions of believers began to worship Jesus. And then it, as, the, as the earth rotates, then others waking up, this Mexican wave just goes right round the planet. Do you know, more, more believers raised their hand worshiping Jesus in China this morning, and across the whole of Western Europe. This afternoon, going across to America, Latin America, this this wonderful Mexican wave. We're part of something beautiful, something awesome. The church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, we're part of that. It really, really matters. It is special. I was in... Um, I was in Frankfurt a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, staying with Simon with Terry, Simon and Natalie in their home and meeting. How many of you've been there? But been with the hey, hey, it's special, isn't it? Special just being with people and people coming and beginning to discover Jesus and the church family. Have they done that that event in the in the park opposite where they meet? Weren't a load of you going to go out there and just be a wonderful witness in the middle of Frankfurt? Beautiful. It's precious, it's special, and you and I are part. It is very, very special. And it's important, therefore, that we do things right. We want, we want, to, we, we, we want to make sure that we're playing our part and that we do church life in a way that is glorifying to Jesus. I like think John Stott said something like this: he said, No comment can be more harmful to Christians than to say, you're no different to anybody else. Hey, we're the family of God. And so when it comes to leadership, the stakes are high. It really matters. It's important that we do things in a way that is, that, that is appropriate and right. On, actually, on the way back from that, when I was in Frankfurt, we were, we were going to get on a plane. And um, we were just we got on the bus over to the plane... And we weren't allowed to get on. A guy came. One of the, the, one of the pilots came over and said, "Sorry, we haven't fit, we haven't uh, we've got some, we haven't done our, our, our pre-flight checks properly. That it's not done yet." And do you know what? Not one person said, "Oh, we don't, that doesn't matter. Let's just go." <laughs> because hey, this matters. It really matters. And it's the same with with, with church family life. It matters. And with leadership. It, it really matters. There's too much at stake for us not to do things in a good and godly way and for us to be all that Jesus wants us to be. So the first thing we see here is if anyone wants to be, aspires to be an, an overseer or an elder, it's a noble task. It's a noble task. It's, it's, some, it's, it's important. It matters. It really matters. So we, and you see, what had happened in Ephesus, the church had been brought into disrespect because of the way some of them were, were carrying on there. And so Paul said, hey, it, it, this is a noble task. Don't, don't belittle it. it. It really, really matters. And so this isn't a step that, that happens quickly or lightly in, in, in the church family, but there's, there's, there's lots of prayer and and conversations and sensing... What's God doing amongst the church family here? And that's been going on this last uh, year or so regarding, regarding Luke. And the other thing that we'll notice here in this passage is that all the first ingredients are about character. The bit about teaching doesn't come to way later on. We've got, what does it say here in verse 2? Above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable... And so on. And then we get to able to teach. So, character, who we are, it really matters in the family of God. I read a lovely quote this week from Dallas Willard. He said, It's not so much what you do that matters, but who you are and what you become, because that's what you take into eternity. That's quite a challenge for all of us, isn't it? That's what we take into eternity. Eternity. So uh, let's go step through a few of these. Elders are to be above reproach. That literally means nothing to take hold of, nothing that that people around or the enemy can take hold of. Spurgeon, the preacher on the other side of the river years and years, years ago uh, in the 1800s, he, uh, he wrote a book called Lectures to My Students, and he wrote about the, 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 minister's, the minister's self-watch, and that, that, that the need for us to be... It's, it's sometimes the small things that can, can mess us up. In, we all know that as, as followers of Jesus. It can be the small things that really mess us up, and he tells a story in that, in that chapter about a minister's self-watch, about a big steam locomotive, um, and how this great big thing comes to a halt because of a small part, is faulty or is broken and isn't doing what it should do. And Richard Baxter, who was a Puritan writer in the 1700s, he says this, take heed to yourself lest you unsay with your life what you say with your tongue. And so our lives matter, don't they? As as leaders, our lives matter a lot. And it's true of all of us as followers of Jesus. We want our lives to be a statement of what it means to, to know Jesus and to follow him. And so, above reproach. And I think it's in, a bit further on here. He says in, in verse 15 um, of chapter four, chapter 4, Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Notice there, life comes before doctrine. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. And here's the thing, we can't watch ourselves by ourselves, because you don't know when you've got egg on your face, and we need people around us. I've <laughs> got egg on my, I've got shaving cream in my ear this morning. We need those around, that's the beauty of being in a team, that we, 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 we give others the gift of speaking into our, our lives and keeping us safe. It's a beautiful, it's a, it's a lovely thing to know that there's a great team here. You should pray, do pray for your leaders that 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 God will really make them everything that that He wants them to be for the sake of the church family here. So here we go. Above reproach. Um, now this is this is really um, there's an interesting bit here. Right in the middle here it says hospitable. Right up there it says. Self-controlled, respectable. Then he says, hospitable. What is that all about? Now, by the way, don't all invite yourselves around after the meeting. Is that okay? Not all at once. What's that hospitable thing all about? Why is that there? Again, John Piper, he puts it like this. Grace is the hospitality of God to welcome you and I, not because of our goodness, but because of his glory. And the ultimate act of hospitality was when Jesus Christ died for us to make everyone who believes a member of the household of God. We're no longer strangers and and journeyers, sojourners. We've come home to God. Everyone who trusts in Jesus finds a home in God. And this this is great, listen to this bit. Therefore, when we practice hospitality, here's what happens. We experience the refreshing joy of becoming conduits of God's hospitality rather than being self-decaying cul-de-sacs. The joy of receiving God's hospitality decays and dies if it doesn't flourish in our hospitality to others. Church family, hospitality, it's, it's demonstrating the heart of God. It, it, it's demonstrating what God is like, what He's done for you and I. He's welcomed us home. This beautiful gift of hospitality. Now, my friend Clive tells me he's, these guys are very hospitable, and, and uh, you had people sleeping on your floor last night, didn't you? I right hear other people sleeping, Yeah, Folks, I want to say it to all of us this beautiful gift of hospitality, we're, we're demonstrating the heart of God. The people around us, and of course, you remember that Jesus got into trouble by sitting down at table with people with, with, with sinners and nobodies, he got into trouble for it. And then he went on to speak, you, you can read about that in Luke 15, and that wonderful passage there where he goes on to speak about actually, if a shepherd loses one of his sheep he'll leave the 99 and go and get the 1. Or if somebody loses a the coin, they'll turn the house upside down to find the lost coin. And then best of all, the, the prodigal son, if, if where a son loses his way, the father's looking to bring him home. That, that's in the context of Jesus getting into trouble because he was sitting down at table with people who were undesirables, were sinners, weren't worthy of him. Folks, this is the heart of God. This is the big heart of God. And this morning, I just say to you, have you experienced the big-hearted hospitality of God? Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep who lays down his life for the sheep, to bring them home. That's, that's the heart of God, to bring you home. That's how we all become followers of Jesus. We, the day came when we, we, we realised that the, the loving kindness, I love that word, the loving kindness of God, that he he sought us, he went after us before we knew him. <laughs> He went after us and found us even when we weren't worthy of him. And he's brought us home. That's why he died on the cross, to bring you home. And if you've, if you've never responded to that this morning, you, you, can be, you, you can become part of the family of God. You can know the, the big heart of, of your father God wants to bring you home. The good shepherd, Jesus, laid down his life for the sheep to bring them home. So hospitality matters in church life. I, I love sitting down around. It's one of my favourite pastimes, sitting down around table with, with good friends. Anyone else enjoy sitting around? Do you enjoy hospital? It, hey, somebody once said, if you take mountains and meals out of the Bible, there's not much else left. Mountains, that speaks about kind of awe, kind of, you know, it's, it's a whole theme of the awesomeness of God. Mountains make you go, wow, right? The awesomeness of God. And then meals, tables, just speaks of the, the Father heart of God. I love sitting down around, sitting around table with friends. It doesn't matter what's on the table, really. That's why we break bread. And take wine on us on a Sunday morning, but it's, 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 it's around the table. It's, it's, it's being family. It's speaking of the, the heart of God. So hospitality matters. That's why it's right in there. elders to be hospitable because they're demonstrating just a little bit of the big-heartedness of God for lost people. Precious, eh? Is that precious? Wonderful, it should be a wonderful sense of belonging in the family of God. Hospitable. And then I'm going to jump. He speaks about managing your own family. Why is that all there? Because it goes on in verse 15. If I'm delayed, I want you to know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, in God's family. That's what church is. It's the family of God. I, I, I love that's a beautiful word, isn't it? Family. I love family. Do you love family? I love, you know, not our own natural family. I love my grandchildren. I love my wife. Hang on, I should mention my wife first, not my grandchildren first. <laughs> I love family. God, it's it's beautiful. For those of you who haven't got a, 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 as it were, an earthly family, the Church of Jesus really is family. It is. There's a place. For lost, lonely people in the family of God, and it's beautiful. So we're the we're God's family. I told you the stakes were high. That's why it matters how we how we do family together. Hey, folks, be ever so careful how you speak about the family of God. Please, you know, don't let the enemy get in with those little oh, you know, so and so, oh, and all you know, and I'm not quite sure. Oh, guard your hearts. Be careful how you speak about the family of God. It's very, very precious. Jesus died for it. It's precious. That's why scripture speaks about earnestly contend for the unity of the spirit, the bond of peace. It really matters because we're the family of God. And it grieves the Holy Spirit when 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 we're at odds with each other. In fact, that's the very thing the Holy Spirit wants to bring among us. You know, the the last verse in the two two Corinthians, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the going together that the Holy Spirit brings. It, It matters how we speak about church family. So we're the household of God. Father is the Christian name for God, Abba. My dad and brethren, I mean brothers and sisters. That's the most common word for fellow believers in the New Testament. I I love the, the, the the feel of the New Testament. My my dearly beloved, my dear friends. That that's Paul's language all the way through, isn't it? Because that's what we are. We're family. It's really, really precious. You really belong. Folks, let there always be space in church family for the lost, the little, the least. Folks, this is the heart of God. Let it be ours as well. Don't let our own prejudices and likes and dislikes get in. This is a beautiful family where everybody really belongs. And then he goes on. The house of God Verse, verse 15, which is the church of the living God. I love that. That, that phrase is used in the Old Testament, making a deliberate deal against all the dead gods of the, the other nations around them. Church of the, the living God. He's the living God. He, he's alive. And as we come into the New Testament, as we are... We're followers of Jesus. The Bible says we're a we're, we're, we're temple of the Holy Spirit. Hey, the presence of God really does dwell within us. The church of the living God. Jesus is alive and he lives in us. So when we come together, wow, there should be a wonderful expression of life and joy as we've enjoyed this morning. The church of the living God. And this was really the heart of God's promise to his people in the the Old Testament. I will dwell among you. I'm going to be your God. And you're going to be my people. And and Israel's awareness that that God lived among them, it, it affected them profoundly. And so it should us too. You know, when... But there they were in the wilderness, they're kind of in their camps and there's the tabernacle or the tent of meeting over there where the presence of God is. And you can imagine them looking out of their tent in the morning. Is, 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 is the cloud there? Is the pillar of fire at night? Is, is, God, is God's presence there? It's a little bit scary. Folks, for us, the presence of the Lord has come even closer Do you know, I discovered something the other day, in Hebrew, the word presence is exactly the same as face, face, presence, so it's not just a spooky kind of, you know, strange deal, it's face, the face of the Lord. And then, if you come into 2 Corinthians 4 6, it says this The one who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. Folks, he really is here. The presence of the Lord. In the face of Jesus Christ, so the Church of the Living God. This should affect us profoundly, knowing that that Jesus is alive, dwelling in in us. I'm coming in. There's no clock around here. It's, oh, there is. I only spoilt that. Never mind. I don't have no clue when I started, so I don't remember now. But and then I'm coming. Honestly, no, no, we're right. And then he goes on to say, It says this pillars. The pillar and foundation of truth. This is, this is what the church is with the family of God, with the church of the living God, pillar and foundation of truth. Now, um most of the commentators think that, that, that Paul is probably thinking about this, this stunning great big temple that was one of the seven wonders of the world, Temple to Diana or Artemis. And it had these huge, about 100 ionic pillars, these great big pillars are about 18 metres tall. Can you imagine 100 of these great big pillars holding up a huge marble, astonishing marble uh, ceiling? And and, and, and and paul's most commentators think he's thinking of this temple that the church is, is it's these pillars of truth holding up this astonishing roof this this something of great splendor lifting them up you know where I'm going with this don't you what are we holding up what, what is it we're defending and holding up this morning well Paul just He he bursts into a song now at this point. Pillar and foundation. Beyond all question. That's kind of a, oh my goodness, this is awesome. He's getting carried away. He's thinking of the the pillars of truth. What are we holding up? Listen, oh my goodness, the mystery from which true godliness or from which our true devotion springs, it is awesome. And then he just sings this, he's got this, this, this wonderful hymn to how astonishing Jesus is. Do you know what? Really, you can see in your Bibles, it was a hymn or a creed. I think it probably was a song because most of the creeds were sung in the early church. So we're in a good tradition here. Someone needs to write a song with those words because it's all about Jesus. Sorry, I'm shouting. Sorry. So I I love this. Paul's just getting, you know, we're here, we're we're the family of God, and we're we're, we're we're pillars, we're to hold up. The truth and he thinks of that temple with that great big, astonishing awesome marble ceiling, and he's I'm sure he thinks of it's all about Jesus. It, we want to lift him up. He is just beautiful, awesome, and we want to hold him up. The church isn't about its own reputation, it's about Jesus' reputation. It's about lifting him up. It's about making much of him. And he got this wonderful, this hymn that he sings. He appeared in the flesh. It's Jesus. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. That means, you know, after he was raised from the dead, he was preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. It's all about Jesus. And we want to make much of Jesus. The stakes are high. That's why church really matters. That's why how we do leadership really matters, because we want to express something of the the, the heart of God, and we want to make much of Jesus in all that we do. We want to we want our friends and neighbours and people, lost people all around us. We want to we want we want them to. Catch a glimpse of who Jesus is. Is that right? Are you with me? It's all about Jesus. I read a lovely thing here, a little tweet from Terry Virgo this week. Christianity isn't a moral code associated with a dead teacher, it's a dynamic transformation offered by Christ who overcame death. That's who we're lifting up, taken up into glory. He's all glory now. Jesus is all glory now. Don't think sandals and, and things now. Think glory. He's, he's awesome. And he's coming again. I'll finish with a quote from a little book. Um, it's, it's Louis Giglio. He wrote this. says this. Folks, we are not at our leisure. Rather, we're under the mandate of the grace of God. Grace that found us restored us, redeemed us, breathed new life back into our dormant lungs and brought us back from the grave for a purpose. And that purpose is that we would, with everything in us, become an amplifier of the beauty of Jesus among all the people on this planet. Folks, that's what you are. That's what you are as a church family and you're an amplifier of the beauty of Jesus to a world and a culture that really, really, really needs to know him. That's why leadership matters. That's why we want to get it right. That's why we want to do things his way. And I think this is the moment to worship Jesus. And if you have never known the hospitality the love of God drawing you home. Maybe you feel him speaking to you this morning. You sense it. Goodness me, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling drawn? Why am I even here? It's the Father heart of God. He goes after people to bring them home. Should we worship Jesus? Let's worship Jesus. Lord, thank you so much. We, oh please. Thank you for This huge privilege, being part of your family. Thank you for this huge privilege of being part of the family of God. We never deserved it or earned it. Lord, thank you for the privilege this morning of this church family here. Thank you that it's been it's a special morning as we see Luke coming into this eldership place of serving alongside Steph and Rich. Lord, we pray that in, in, in going forward, you will do beautiful things here, more and more beautiful things. Lord, I pray, thank you that it's we're pretty full here today. Lord, there's, there's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people all around us who need to know the beauty of Jesus, the heart of their heavenly father. Lord, please help us to be amplifiers of the beauty of Jesus. In his name we ask it.